Hello, and welcome to the PPR Plus Podcast, your new home for talks about fantasy football players, picks, rankings, plus more. We'll be the three hosts for this podcast, starting with me. Hello, my name's Rob. How's everybody doing? This is Dan. What's going on, fantasy football podcast listeners? This is Raspoli. Uh, three of us are longtime friends and longtime fantasy football players who enjoy playing the game of fantasy football and talking about it. Our goal for this podcast was just for us to be able to talk about fantasy football to others who also enjoy it as much as we do, hopefully share some of the knowledge and experience we picked up along the many years of playing, if we have any. So sit back and enjoy the discussions on this episode of the PPR Plus Podcast. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of the PPR Plus Podcast. Uh, Training camp started, boys. It's officially training camp season, so we got some updates on training camp to go over. Definitely. Very exciting, very exciting. And then, you know, time permitting, but I think we'll have the time. We're going to go over some uh, NFC stuff, different positions, uh, players we didn't really touch on in our big overall rankings. You know, maybe guys who might have been ranked a little lower or running back battles that we were unsure about where to rank them, and we'll go into more detail as to why we might have been unsure and whatnot. Can't wait. Uh, Dan's, Dan's still with us, calling him remote. How you doing, Dan? I am fantastic. About a week away from my daughter being born, so we'll take it day by day. Thank you, sir. We're taking it day by day here, and we'll see. We'll see where we end up. Awesome. All right. So, uh, just to get us started here, uh, a couple quick hitters for the uh, training camp stuff. Uh, Mariota and Trey Lance officially the starter. I don't think anybody's shocked by that news, but you know. They got the official nod. No surprises there, but you know. yeah, I think Desmond Ritter in, in Atlanta was a long shot. You know, he, was he might a see some work. Pick. Yeah, he might see some work by the end of the year, depending on how down bad Atlanta is by the end of the year. Just so they know if they have a guy before. Similar eventually, like, they'll uh, see. They'll similar see to Mills last season with Houston. Like eventually, he did. You know, they're gonna inevitably have a high pick. You want to see? Do you need Dick quarterback or? You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll just say too for any listeners that are you know in super flex leagues, which one of my leagues I was informed is turning into a super flex league. Uh, you know, Mariota is definitely a guy to think about if you're a guy who waits on quarterbacks, which I think all of us on this podcast recommend not waiting on quarterbacks in a super flex league. Right. Uh, and just just to clarify, super flex would be uh, a league where you have an extra flex spot that can be used for running back, wide receiver, tight end, or quarterback. So essentially, we're going to call it a two quarterback league. Right. Um, the reason I bring that up is Mariota. I mean, he's playing with, he's playing in the system that he came in with as a rookie. Arthur Smith was his was was on the Titans offense. I don't know if he was the coordinator when he came in or if he was just on the offensive staff. I believe he was. Yeah, I'm not sure where he was. He was definitely involved. But though. I, but I just know he was there. So uh, that's part of the reason he went there. So I think you know, especially early in the season, if if you wait on quarterback, uh, and you need you know a second quarterback for your lineup, I think he may be worth a flyer. You know, he's he's familiar with the offense. He's got. Definitely one stud weapon in Kyle Pitts. And, you know, if Drake London is what he what he's been talked about to be as, as a rookie, you know, he may have two. So just some and, – and obviously he's, he's, he's got great legs. He's going to run. You know he's going to move. So chance for some, you know, goal line touchdowns and stuff like that. Yep, definitely. I, I agree completely. Uh, he definitely was a name that was on the list to, of guys we didn't talk about but could have some fantasy value. So – I agree that in some kind of two quarterback super flex, yeah, he's, he's a weeks. name worth noting because he could have some fancy relevance and they're going to throw too. They're going to be down. There's yeah, some talented I mean, weapons. The defense defense is not Arthur Smith's, uh, is not his forte. Right. Yeah. I mean, in any league where I can play two quarterbacks, I'm trying to get Mariota maybe as my third, 
because I'm kind of prioritizing quarterbacks a little bit more. And right. just having him, you're not really going to know when his big weeks are coming because that team's going to be bad. But he's got two two guys that can go up and get the ball now, and he's got some legs still. He's, what, seven years in the league? What was he drafted? 2015, I think? Yeah, it sounds about right. So, I mean, a little bit older, less tread on the tires, though, because he wasn't always the starter. But he's he's probably going to be a very good bench for two quarterback league or super flex. He's not laying any, he's not the most exciting thing, but he definitely has some value. Um, You know, another couple quick hitters, Uh, you know, congrats to Debo and DK Metcalf. You boys got paid. Got your money. Uh, that, that's time. Big money contracts. It's good to be a wide receiver in the NFL right now. Absolutely. <laughs> or one that can, is eligible for an extension. Just hey, as Christian league, Kirk. The, the league, yeah, the league going the way it has been, you know, passing yeah. 60, 60 to 65% of the time on average, I think, you know, wide receivers, it's, it's, it was only natural that was going to happen. Uh, speaking of wide receivers who have made money in their career, Julio Jones is somewhere now. He's over in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, just to say off the bat, I don't really view him as much more of a D or late round ad. I think he's more helpful for Tom Brady in the offense than he is for standalone fantasy value. Yeah, he's going to make that offense scary while he's on the field. You're just not going to really know when he's going to get his targets because when that whole receiving core is out there with Evans, Godwin, and Julio, who's the number three? It's Julio, and he's going to be better than most number three quarterbacks. He's also not the same Julio that we've seen previously. He's a little he had a rough year last year. I mean, he, he he's looked, definitely lost a step or two, but I think I mean, he's those, still a, he's still going to be the I don't have it in front of me, so like don't quote me quote me on this, but he's probably the best number 3 receiver. I will say this though, I did see, you know, uh this is this is sourced from the Tampa Bay Times yesterday. Bucks Bucks head coach Todd Bowles made a comment made a comment about how the defense was, has been unable to cover Russell Gage in training camp. So I, I wouldn't be so sure that, you know, to throw Julio immediately into that wide receiver three. Yeah, I, I do think Gage Julio, has value. Yeah, I, to the I offense. can see Julio developing into like an inside the 20 kind of guy where kind of like the Gronk role, but at a wide receiver, right? Because you know that he's going to make those contested catches. Right. But I, I think his season last year proved that He's not, he's not at his age and everything he's done in his career. He's not, he's not going to make it to a full season playing, you know, 90% of the snaps. I think if he gets like 40 to 50% of the snaps and gets those real money, he, he'll score you touchdowns. I think Julio's going to get his touchdowns, but I just don't think he's a guy that you can rely on weekly for production. I don't think he's getting red zone work in that offense with Mike Evans existing and Chris Godwin gets good goal line work too. I think what Julio Jones is going to amount to for the Tampa Bay Bucks is he's going to be – they're going to use him as much as they can until God wins a full go. And then yeah. after God wins a full go, he'll swap in and out, you know, and be used sparingly. And by that point, he might even be kind of on the downswing because his body might not be able to keep up. But I think he's Chris Godwin insurance for the early season. I think that's all they're hoping for out of Julio. That's fair enough. Anything I mean, more is better. But in terms just for fantasy purposes – I don't think you can do anything other than a late round flyer on Julio is all. Yeah, when I insurance. when I said top three or like best I'm sorry, best number three receiver, I didn't necessarily mean for fantasy. I don't no, think I know. he's going to have that fantasy value. 
but just from an offense putting their best people out there against the best defense, I think they're going to run into matchups that there's going to be matchups out there that they like. I mean, possibly. They did pay Russell Cage, though, is what Dan is saying. Imagine too. when they put four receivers out there then. No, oh, fair. 100%. Yeah, I just say for this being a fantasy podcast for fantasy purposes, I don't see much out of Julio just because it's not going to be reliable. Yeah. Like the thing is, Julio's the type of guy this year that I can see being one of those guys that goes out there. Like you'll put him in your lineup and you're either going to get two touchdowns and be like, wow, I made the greatest play ever. Or you're going to get like two catches for 10 yards because he's not out there enough or he's not getting as much involvement. You know what I mean? So it's, is it the worst thing to have to do that in the bye week? You know, play Julio Jones. So darn no, but you know, if, if it was your last, if it was, you know, your best option, obviously, you're hoping to have better options than that. Than I mean, we'll know by bye weeks if he's viable or not, but yeah. Right. I mean, because again, if everybody's healthy, he's their third, maybe fourth receiver, you know? Yeah, he's the, how many, the fourth how guy times? in terms of touching the ball, too, including the running back, you know? Right. Yep. So how many, how many times do you feel comfortable starting a team's fourth wide receiver in your lineup? You know what I mean? Not, for me, not many. Joe Burrow, appendectomy. Uh, they're not worried about it, so I'm not worried about it. But I, I heard I, he's back in the building today, is what I, yeah. I I saw today. He was back in the building. I just, you know, would feel weird not mentioning it on yeah. the off chance it turns into something. And then it's like, oh, they didn't talk about it, though. As long as Here's there's us no talking infections about it. or anything <laughs> like that, no complications yep. after the fact, the appendectomy doesn't scare me. Um, yep. Now, I know previously on the running backs episode, none of us really talked about. Uh, Alvin Kamara's possible suspension that you might be hearing about. Uh, we ranked him, you know, with these, as we talked about a lot with another guy who we're going to bring up soon. Uh, we ranked him under the assumptions that, you know, he's, the, the suspension hasn't happened and his hearing keeps getting pushed back. So it might not even be a this year problem. It might be a next year if he is facing any suspension, but definitely pay attention. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I do think it'll probably get pushed next season. So this is just next season problem. But worth mentioning again. Yeah, I mean, until until you hear anything concrete, I'm not. I'm not moving Kamara from seven for me. But yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm on the lookout. You guys should be too, especially if you draft him. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that you know the news is the date for now. His hearing is scheduled to begin on September 29th. So that's well into the start of the season. So. And I mean, this is kind of be, going to be a segue into a, one of our next topics, but based on the amount of time it's taken the, the NFL to go from, you know, legal proceedings to the Deshaun Watson decision, I would agree that I don't think we're going to be seeing a suspension for Kamara this season unless they really move quickly. Right. Um, but I would, I would assume we're not going to see it. So I, I would, I personally, right now, if I had a draft today, I would draft under the assumption that he's going to be available all season. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll move into Deshaun Watson. Uh, so you probably heard, if unless you live under some kind of rock, but uh, Deshaun Watson, the independent or the third-party uh, media, what do you want to call it? Arbitrator, is it? Yeah, former federal judge Sue Robinson. Yeah, but uh, she said that her or the ruling is six games from her. Uh, NFLPA is not appealing. It's up to the NFL to potentially appeal. But what that means for fantasy purposes is he's missing at least six pretty much yep so uh in terms of how does that change you know how you're valuing that offense i i moved to sean watson 
to outside my top 20 and he's only draftable if you know you're you're taking the chance don't go on with him as your quarterback you want to waste a late round flyer and hope that your team is doing well enough that you won't need him to make the playoffs and then come fantasy playoff when he's playing and in his groove you want to use him that's up to you yeah i think i think it comes down to you know how do you feel about that offense when he's in it you know because and and really your league structure right if you're in a league where like you know rob Rispoli and i are in a league where you know it's a bunch of our friends and eight out of ten teams make the playoffs which i know everybody that's a lot but you know it's because we're all just friends we all want to be in the playoffs and have a good time you know if you don't pick a quarterback till the end you know you may be able to survive six weeks without your quarterback without like a solid quarterback right and still make the playoffs but if you're in a league where only four out of ten teams make it you can't take that chance right because if you if you go one and five to start your season you've dug yourself a massive hole you're not getting the fourth with that right so you have you have to kind of gauge it based on the the settings of how your league is set up, how many teams make the playoffs as to whether or not. And, and then, like, it's, like I said, at the end of the day, your belief, right? If you think that he's really that, that like a stud and he's going to, you know, bowl out in that offense like I do, Cleveland, Cleveland Browns fan, sorry, a little bit of bias, but, and you can, and you can afford to wait, then definitely take the chance. But if you can't, you know, there's, there's no room for it. You can't, you can't miss six games and, you can't take a guy for the playoffs if you're, if you're not sure you're going to make the playoffs. I mean, the only way I'm taking Watson, I, I actually ranked Watson now that I thought he was going to get a full year. So I I didn't have him in my top 30. But now that he's most likely got six games, I have him at 18. He's not draftable for me in a one-quarterback league unless you're taking a flyer. You go very late on quarterback. You're iffy on your quarterback. Say, in a situation here, I have... I like the I like the people around him now. Tua moved up for me. He's a borderline. He could potentially get into a top ten. I have him at fifteen. If you want to go like a twelve and thirteen round pick on Tua and then Watson, see what you have in Tua first couple weeks. If it's not working out, then you only have to play quarterback roulette for a couple weeks and then you have Watson. Well, I was gonna say I th- I think we I think we can all agree right that leaving everything else to the side right we're not gonna get into any of the what he what's going on or anything on this podcast but football sense and the guy's a stud right so if you can afford to wait on him obviously we don't know in this offense we haven't seen it well that's so i can understand the the piece of waiting for to see it but that's the thing he's a stud quarterback yeah it's, that's it's the tough, thing but they're a run good. first they've been a run first offense if you believe they're going to turn to an air it out type of offense you know by all means i don't i have i've been fairly steady on that this entire podcast that I don't think they're going to necessarily suddenly throw the ball 45 times a game, 30 plus times a game. They, you know, average five yards a carry with those two backs. They got that offensive line and they got that defense. I think they're just going to, you know, get to third and shorts, throw it once or twice. I mean, coming, coming from a, from a guy who watches pretty much all the, every Cleveland Browns game, Baker Mayfield left a lot of points out there. And I know last year was a lot of injuries, but, his, you know, the first season, so I guess his third season in the league, right? So his first season in, in the offense with Kevin Stefanski, I mean, he was putting up some points in certain weeks. I mean, it, the, the opportunities for points are there, and I think they'll, they'll open the playbook a little bit more on the passing side 
with Deshaun Watson. So yeah, yeah. again, it's you know the opportunity is definitely there. There's definitely a chance. It's but there. I mean, guy missing six I, games. Of course, of course, and and you said it right. Like they're a run, they're a run based offense. They are geared to to beat you down in the trenches. And Nick Chubb does not go down when he gets touched. The first time he gets touched, he keeps going. I think he. I, I'm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he averages the most yards after contact of any back. So I mean, yeah, they're built to run, but. Now they Derrick can Henry pass. probably gives him a run for his money. I think there. last year maybe Derrick Henry wasn't involved. Though, That's but, true. Yeah, but I'm, either way, I'm just saying like he he's, no, he's very, very hard to tackle. Yeah, I mean that does bring him to the next point here, which is I don't think it affects my running back rankings not having Watson for six games. No. I still no. like Nick Chubb as much as I did before, and I still think Kareem Hunt is a viable flex. Still, I mean, did you did you see how much Nick Chubb was squatting? Yeah, yeah. six hundred plus pounds. But come uh, on. So I don't think it affects the running backs very much, personally. I would still draft them in the same spot I was already comfortable drafting them in. If anything, I think they get a little more work early than they might have later. Oh, yeah, I mean, and, and I'll say this, too. The Browns' early season schedule, their first four weeks are pretty soft. Week five's you know, a toughie, so isn't it, though, Dan? Huh? We, yes. Week, week five's, five's a toughie. Five. You notice I said weeks one through four are pretty soft. <laughs> Context know, clues here. I'm they, guessing they play the Chargers. They play the Chargers five. in week five. <laughs> hey, hey, it's in Cleveland. Okay, it's in Cleveland. Oh no. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be a cold October. Oh, so they're gonna have the most fans there <laughs> instead of the most fans in LA. Hey, we have hey, fans yeah. now. Oh, that's good. Hey, it, it it gets loud in Cleveland. Okay, it does. It gets loud in LA too with the opposing team. <laughs> Chargers are very used to not playing for a home crowd. Ugh. It's one Anything. good thing. <laughs> My point is they should be leading some of those games. Yeah, and I leading agree. On the ground game early. Yep, I agree. Uh, I think they're going to win a good chunk of games if even if when, eventually when Watson comes back, I think they're going to end up running it out a lot just because their defense is again really good. Yeah. They should be better uh, too. Second year together now yeah. with a with a defensive coordinator. So, and then wide receiver wise, it, it definitely drops Mark Cooper for me. I it's it's tough. I have him outside my top thirty now. I uh, I might have been a little. This might be a little extreme. I might move him up a little bit, but he's definitely outside the top thirty for me. I mean, you don't want you don't want to have to start him he's, without Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's close to uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the sense of like. I don't think you're going to start Amari Cooper for six weeks. I think if he's a flex, maybe, but if you're maybe if you're down bad, right. If he's your solid, like you can't have him as your solid. He's my flex player. Yeah. Maybe in a 12 team league, but like, yeah, deeper leagues, obviously a little different. Yeah, A 10 team league, man. If he's your flex for the first six weeks, that that, like, yeah, he's Amari Cooper, but like, do you feel confident about it? I don't know. I no. think he'll still be fine. No, I do not. You know, he'll, yeah. he'll get a touchdown or two because I think Jacoby Brissett is like a serviceable quarterback, but he's not going to put up anywhere near what he's capable of if Deshaun Watson's running out. Yeah, so I just uh, that that does tank him a little bit in my rankings. Uh, I don't know about you guys in terms of. Yeah, I mean, he he moved down from I think twenty three to twenty eight for me, like. I really wasn't too high on him because, kind of like you, I don't think they're going to completely just get rid of the run game. I think they're going to still go through Nick Chubb, and they're just going to have the efficiency of whenever Watson wants to throw a ball, he's going to have a loaded box and have his pick of who he wants to throw to. And I think Amari Cooper's going to be good once he comes back. I had him just outside uh, top 20, but now with him, with 
Watson missing six games, I don't think I have the comfortability to draft him that. But yeah, I think that seems to be the consensus. It definitely does affect him now because six weeks, which is half a season almost, is, you know, you're not going to have a guy you might have thought of drafted as a stud or wanted to draft and use as a stud. Yeah, I mean, I will say this, though. It's kind of similar. It's kind of similar to, you know, the Sean Watson situation where we're saying, hey, like, if you can get Amari Cooper as your, you know, like I said, fringe flex or fourth, like, receiver If you can get option, Cooper for your fourth receiver, I'm fine with you're that. You're happy about that because if I you agree. have an injury or something somewhere in the middle or towards the end of the season, you know, you're comfortable in saying, hey, okay, Amari Cooper with Deshaun Watson. Yep. I'm okay with that. You don't want to have to play him. You don't want to have to play him in the first six weeks. And I think we all agree on that point. Correct. I agree. Yes. And then a couple other, these aren't suspension related, finally. But, uh, you know, Packers wide receiver update here from training camp. Now that training camp started, uh, Watson's still injured, isn't he? Yeah, he's still injured. So, guys. Every chance he gets, Aaron Rodgers talks up Alan Lazard, and I, no, just, I agree. I don't, I don't love, I don't love the hate. Like I'm looking at some of these, like you know, posted uh, ranking sheets, and I'm like, man, they don't even have. I mean, don't get me wrong, you're not drafting them over some of these other studs, but I really, I, I am, I'm selling out to get Alan Lazard this year. I'll be, I'll be point blank with you. See, I'm I interested just, in a different wide receiver. In that offense Sammy, right now. Is it Sammy Watkins? It's not no. Sammy Watkins. I know Romeo Dobbs, say. the rookie, a later draft round rookie, has been balling out early in training camp. And Alan Lazard, yeah, has value. Don't get me wrong. I agree. But there's going to be more than one receiver on that field. And if Watkins can't get healthy enough to work with Aaron Rodgers and Dobbs steps in and just takes that, I think he's, from Watkins what I've seen and what I've heard of talk of him right now, he's... uh. He's Aaron Rodgers is loving him too. He's light, he's impressing him. Did you say Sammy Watkins or Christian Watson? Watson, I again, ignore again, Sammy Watkins. Gotcha. This, okay. has men- <laughs> this has been mentioned on the podcast. Everybody needs to start Sammy Watkins. I think he's hurt one. currently. By yeah, the way. I mean, no, doesn't doesn't matter. Doesn't if he's matter. ready if for he's, week one, somebody draft him with your fifteenth or sixteenth round draft pick and start a week one, so you but, can get the forty points and then just trade him away. All I wanted to do was just get that Romeo Dobbs name out there. I think I yeah. think they might be on to something there. Yeah, he he's I'd like doing, to see him as the preseason goes on. He's doing everything that they wanted Christian Watson to do. He's yep. bowling out in camp and more importantly, he's getting reps with Aaron Rodgers. And Christian Watson already coming in had a drop problem, which yep. Aaron Rodgers doesn't always love. So and if, hey, and hey, I will say this too, kinda of, kinda of jumping to to Alan Lazard. Devontae Adams said about Derek Carr, oh, you know, it's always hard to go from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers clapped back, speaking about Alan Lazard, oh, you know, it's always hard going from Hall of Fame receiver to Hall of Fame receiver. Yeah, did you so, see, did you actually see that or did you just read that? Because I saw Aaron Rodgers' stupid, sarcastic smile Yeah, he's when, just when taking he the piss that. out of him. But, <laughs> he's just taking every, the piss. Ev- everything said in jest has... A touch of you know truth he, to it. So he was looking directly that. into Devonte Adams' right. eyes, saying, "You just compared me to Derek Carr. I mean, I'm going to compare just, you to Aaron, Alan joking. Lazard." Like he, I, I, I know he's the one in that I'm, offense, but like, come what on. I'm saying is he's. I I have a good feeling about this season for Alan Lazard. I just okay. think you I know, do he, too. He's he's moving up in my rankings. I'm yeah, not I mean, I'm not full gung ho. I mean, he's moving up in my rankings. He should be drafted, but like, he's not Devonte Adams. We've seen Alan Lazard, 
So I was just interested in who else is going to step up because those are unseen guys that we don't necessarily know yep. what they are. So in other news, um, other injuries at wide receiver, Dallas is uh, oh, dropping. Dallas. I mean, you got Michael Gallup, who we knew coming off an injury. He's he's not going to be ready for week one. He says it. If he's already saying it, like you can assume he's definitely not going to be ready, which makes sense. He had a late season major injury, but yeah. that, you know, with Amari Cooper leaving there and now no Michael Gallup, there's a lot of targets to be opened up. And an assumption was when they went out and got James Washington, he might fill that role. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be great until. But now he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. He's he, hurt. Uh, they're speculating Jones injury or uh, Jones fracture as of this point, which is like a broken bone in the foot. And that's going to cause him to miss a significant amount of time if that's the case. That was the, uh, the Derrick, Henry, uh, Derrick Henry injury of last yes, year, right? I believe yeah. so, yes. So, so that's the speculation he can come back unless middle uh, of the season, which is late season for, for fantasy. It's not very but. fantasy relevant, but what that does mean is now there's opportunity in, in that in that offense for a couple of younger guys, or like C D Lamb might just go full Devontae Adams and catch everything. Get, get thirty to thirty three percent of the target share. But uh Yeah, I mean I would I would say too, look for potentially Tony Pollard to play some some more yeah, spots next. I actually yeah. agree that was something I was gonna bring up as well. But I was gonna pass this off to Raspoli to mention some of those young guys that you, you yeah you got over there as the Dallas fan. Yeah, I mean we got the rookie uh Turbin or Turpin? Turpin. Um let's yeah. see. We we need a we need a spell check, but I'm pretty sure it's Turpin. I thought it was Tolbert. But, uh, yeah, no, Dalen Turbot, they've been talking him up, and then they've also been talking up somebody else, right? Yes. Hold on. TJ Vasher, maybe? Hold on. Slowly. It, yeah, but but the, but the, the, name, the other name that Rob was, was throwing up to me was TJ Vasher. And no, he you was were throwing up trying to look him up out of fear. <laughs> and no, and he was a guy last year that um, looked like he was going to potentially get some snaps. Had some injury issues and was later on in the season going to get there. Never got onto the field. And now this year, he looks like he's going to be healthy and he is impressing in camp. And uh, 6'5", I believe he six is. 6'5", yes. And like... Can't low, teach 6'5". Yeah, you can't teach 6'5". And when you're going up against corners that could potentially be 5'10", 5'11", like that's just somebody I want on my offense. And I think he's he's going to have a significant snap role as long as he stays healthy now, at least until Gallup gets back. Uh, I think definitely they like Vasher over there. I heard a lot of positive talk from uh, some of the beat reporters and some of the reports I was looking up. And they Vasher and Tolbert are definitely names to keep an eye out as that camp goes on because there's definitely an opening in that offense. In terms of fantasy purposes for the rest of the offense, uh, doesn't change me my valuation of Dak. Uh, doesn't change my valuation of Deke, but Deke, Zeke. Baby Zeke? Yeah. But Dan, you did bring up a good good point about another player who it might infect the value of, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I brought up uh, Tony Pollard because, you know, they have two backs they really want to keep involved. And, you know, Zeke's got such a massive contract they can't get out of just yet. Um, I think they can. I think I saw something like they could take 11 million dead cap hit next year if they cut him, but. Well, he's You're apparently been looking good money. at camp. People too. forget that before yeah. he got hurt yeah. in the, no, in the yeah. middle of that season, he was like on pace for the rushing, like the rushing title for, for twenty one. What I was saying though is that I just think they will because, involve Tony Pollard more with oh hundred with the like, opening at wide receiver. That's I where I was trying to get at. I don't think there are any. Uh, I'm not I saying he's taking away work from Zeke. I just think that you might see him catch a couple passes that might have been designed for wide receivers prior yeah. to. 
these injuries early. Well, I was just taking offense to he might be getting cut next year. I understand. We're kind of <laughs> at the end of the Cowboys thing, and that was kind of the end of the, you know, training camp talking points. Unless anyone has anything else on the Dallas situation. No, I, I, mean, I think it's a lot of just play by ear and watch. I, yeah. It's a lot of people that are going to have to step into roles, and yeah. we're going to see as uh, as training camp continues, first couple preseason games. and. Uh... All right, so uh, that's about that for some of this early week one camp news. You know, we're on day five of camp right now at recording, so that was a lot to go over just for the first week. Uh, now uh, let's pivot into, you know, a couple guys from the NFC maybe that we could talk about a little more that we necessarily didn't talk about too, too much already, but could have some fantasy value or be involved with people who have fantasy value, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Dan, you mentioned Marcus Mariota earlier. He's definitely on this list. Uh, I think we talked yep. enough about about him, though. You know, yeah, definitely not, probably not looking at him in like a 10-team single quarterback league, but you touch anything deeper or anything with multiple quarterbacks, and he's a steady name, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guy we didn't really talk about, and a guy I was looking into more recently, it might might have just slid up my rankings while I was doing some research, but Jameis Winston. Uh, I, I started looking into it a little bit. You know, last season, he had two games. Uh, he only played a few games. He had two games of 25-plus points. You know, he had low yardage totals, but he was throwing some touchdowns, and he worked on his interceptions a little bit. Uh, he averaged 16.8 points per game. So he was the 14th quarterback in points per game. Okay. Which, you know, not in a 10-team league, but, like, he was right below Kirk Cousins, a guy we've hyped up. And he was thrown to nobody last year. He's bringing in – if he's getting a healthy Michael Thomas and uh, Chris Olave is coming in as a rookie, I do think there's potential there, honestly. He's been a viable fantasy quarterback before. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got question marks at the receiving core. Michael Michael Thomas hasn't played in what a year and a half. Two, right, right. Two obviously, yes, obviously. Yes, and he's yes. and he's got the rookie coming in. He's got an older Jarvis Landry. If those things hit, he's he's gonna be viable. The thing is, though, I think it's undeniably more talent than he had last year. Which so yeah. I feel like he can only improve. I mean, he is coming off the injury, obviously. But yeah, yeah. I mean, another thing I'll throw into the mix there. Uh, just last week, uh, Saints Saints beat reporter Nick Underhill reported. Uh, he expects the Saints to implement an open wide receiver based offense under new coach Dennis Allen. So the offensive coordinator, uh, Pete Carmichael, he used 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, and three receivers, uh, more than 50% of the time when, yeah. when Sean Payton was suspended in 2012. Mm-hmm. And now he is the guy running the offense. Yeah, 11, 11 personnel is, is, a, is more Becoming common across more the more league now, now. Be, as the league expands to passing offenses. Right, and they and they have the receivers to put out there. I mean, they've yep. got Michael Thomas back. They've got Jarvis Landry. They drafted well. Uh, yeah, that's what, we're, is gonna be there. that's what we're saying. If those guys can play, like, that's viable. So I, I definitely agree with that. And like you said, he was pretty efficient, you know, last year. I think... I think you may see a happy medium between the no risk it, no biscuit, Jameis Winston, right. and you know the guy that you saw last year. Yeah, I don't think he keeps that hurt. job if he's uh, sending five picks a game. No, yeah. but uh, that's, that's but, what I mean. I think, but I, but I think, think he, he also improved. Yeah, I think they worked on that. If he also throws four touchdowns, though, he might. No, I, that's not how the Saints usually have been run, especially with a solid defense still. Fair enough. But, yeah, I just wanted to mention him because, you know, I, I might have slept on him a little bit too hard 
honestly. I do think he has some upside. He definitely has upside. I I mean, in a, in a one QB league. Yeah, again, he's at that end of the probably teens for me. Yeah. If I had to re-rank him properly. So, like... he He's going to be a bi-week film that you're going to look at and say, like, yeah, if if he especially if he's playing the right team, like right, yep, he's he's I, gonna be a guy. I agree though. Bye week phone spot star guy, hundred percent. I could see yeah a lot of Jameis. Yeah, you keep an eye on the matchup, and you know obviously because he's got. I the, don't think he will potentially have the weapons around him as yes. long yeah. as things. I don't work think you're out, drafting. Right? You're not drafting him as you know your starting quarterback. No, but, not at all. Yeah, but you know he. I can see him developing into maybe a twelve teams twelve team starter if you know if everything breaks his way. I agree. You know, I agree that the, if healthy, that offense is talented. Um, absolutely. Speaking of a healthy, talented offense, uh, Trey Lance. I did a little bit more looking into Trey Lance now that he was officially named the starter. Okay, what'd you say? So first off, the reports out of camp not ideal with his accuracy. They've been worried about that, but they weren't great. But now, he had two starts last year. Mm-hmm. Twenty points and nineteen points. He came in relief of uh, the game Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt in. Mm-hmm. He put up 14.5 points. That's the floor, I believe, <laughs> Dude can put up for Trey points. Lance. Just because of his legs and because of the weapons in that offense. Like, I think that's the floor. He looks like, to me, he because screams he looked... Josh Allen to me. Yes, I agree 100%. There's a lot of Josh Allen there. And Josh Allen got, like, dramatically better each year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my hesitancy because this is his first real, real action. Right. I can I can see this kind of, kind of being a little bit better than than what than what we got from Justin Fields last year, which was you know a young guy getting his first taste of action. But the difference is the he's in a much yeah. better offense with the talent. So yep, that's the big that's why deal. I'm saying you know, yeah. like you're saying, Rob, I think like you said, fourteen, fifteen is probably the floor because, you know, I don't think he's going to put up monster passing stats, but. I think, you know, he'll get you six, seven, eight points a week, his yep. legs alone. And I think they're going to score touchdowns. I think, you know, that's a good fantasy week, you know, 60 yards on the ground and a couple touchdowns. Right. Also, a little bit of hesitancy on him. I'm pretty sure I, I looked this up before. You can the last The last time Trey Lance played a, a full season, I'm going to say full season generously, was 2019. Yeah. No, they, I mean, yeah, injury concerns are a real thing. And... From 2018, which is when he started college, to last year, there's only been one season where he has played more than three games. So, him being injured last year is a, is a concern for me. He's going to have the floor of the running. He's got the big arm. It was a finger last year, though. I mean, that's a fluke injury, I feel like. Oh, yeah, but I mean, the fact that he hasn't played anything more than three games in... yeah. No, I mean, injury is always going to be a concern. Injury is always going to be a concern. I mean, I look at that not only from an injury standpoint, but, you know, the guy hasn't played a lot of competitive football. And his one full year was in North Dakota State, which is not the most competitive college. Has produced a couple NFL quarterbacks, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not not down the talent. And Easton Stick. Yes. I mean, well, we got Carson Wentz. Where's that ended up? He almost won MVP, MVP that one season. time. I know MVP season, but now it's kind of like <laughs> the people. Washington was so desperate; they're the only team that would take him. Well, he, that's the money, though. That's the contracts, really. Uh, he'd he'd have people would take him if he wasn't getting paid what he was getting paid. Correct. I guess that's fair. But, but yeah, I, you know, hopefully, hopefully a different traje- trajectory for him than for Carson Wentz. Yeah, he 
Trey Lance really does scream Josh Allen to me with, with I, the big arm, see with him? with accuracy issues coming into the NFL from a smaller school. That when I, when he gets that when he gets it, he's gonna get it. I just I see, don't know if it's gonna be this year. I see what you're saying, but from my mindset, I felt like he's very Jalen Hurts esque, where you're not sure about the arm talent per se, but and the, the floors, but his legs and yeah. the 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 offense is gonna move, and that's enough. Yeah. Then I got I wanted to talk a little bit about like the Carolina quarterback competition, just because in Matt general, Rose pissing me off. What's up? I said Matt Rule's pissing me off. Oh, welcome to being a Panthers fan last season, <laughs> I bet. But uh, I was just curious. In terms of who wins that job, how much does that affect both your ranking of the quarterback in that offense and just the offense in general for so, both of you guys? So, I mean, Baker's going to win the job. It, it's his job. And we'll see. I guess we'll see, but like... I, think, I agree he's most likely going to win the job. I think we'll Baker's going to get the job, and I think the longer they make this, a, an air quotes here, competition, the less time he has to work fully with, with this offense, and, and he's not going to get it as fast. And I, I think this is a mistake from from Rule saying, like, oh, we're going to keep the competition going. You went out, you got Baker, because you went out and got Sam Darnold, and it didn't work. So now you went out and you got Baker, and give him the reps, let him practice with, with more, let him practice with Anderson, let him practice with who's the tight end tremble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him get as many reps as he can because he's starting late, right? He wasn't there for all of OTAs, right? Probably not. Yeah, so like, let him get into the flow. I mean, and now for I think it, I was more trying to pivot the question towards: Does Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold winning affect how you view? McCaffrey and DJ Moore and maybe some of those other guys. I think the offense moves better with Baker. You do th- so. Baker yes. will give everyone an uptick. I think. You. I think Baker moves the needle. Not a lot, but enough for me to say it. Dan, from a guy who watched Baker Mayfield play football for four seasons, like pretty much every one of his games, I think first of all, it can't get any worse than what Sam Dar- than seeing ghosts from last season. I mean, I agree. Um. Uh. I think it can only get better. I don't, as far as McCaffrey is concerned, I don't think it moves the needle either way. Mm. I, I think you know I could throw dump off passes to Christian McCaffrey and and score fantasy points. Yeah, but, I mean we have McCaffrey at two. Like it, it doesn't move the needle enough. Well, some of us have him at two. Oh yeah, Dan, where do you have him again? I think four or five. I think yeah. he had him four or five. Four His injuries okay. were a concern there, mm-hmm. which understandable. But 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 again, like I said, like it doesn't change anything. I think about McCaffrey. I mean. The, the big name here is DJ Moore. I, I, I can I just don't see Baker Mayfield supporting an NFL offense of more than one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think DJ Moore is the real deal. And you know what? He's been doing a lot of work with I'm seeing ghost Sam Darnold and, you know, half an arm Cam Newton. So I just it, it, it can only get better with Baker. But don't mean any of these guys in the back alley, Dan. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, especially not Cam Newton. He will eat you. If Cam Uh, Newton hears this, you know, I would love, I would love. And we're doing things. We're doing things on this podcast. If Cam Newton hears us. If if Cam Newton's talking to me, then I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood, but, uh, but I'm just, I'm just saying, I just think DJ Moore looks is better with Baker. Yeah. I, I don't think it's exponentially better, but it's better. Where I was leading that was, I'm starting to think, I think DJ Moore's quarterback proof. 
I genuinely yeah. think his value to me, like, I don't think there's a huge gap between Baker and uh, Darnold. Baker's probably better because, you know. Baker's better. Darnold's He's not better. that great. But yeah. I think regardless of who comes out of that, I still think DJ Moore has the same value like I just yeah. think he's gonna produce. He's produced regardless. He, he's been looking like Allen, like Allen Robinson. Like when when Allen Robinson was first coming up, yeah, he was quarterback proof. But I think, uh, think that's CJ Moore now. I don't think either quarterback supports much else in that offense besides obviously the running back and DJ Moore. I yeah. don't. I don't know about Robbie Anderson. I don't really think he's gonna be a. I don't think thing Robbie again. Anderson's getting drafted. And no, now, I know. And I just and if and if Mayfield is the quarterback and he's named the starter. I don't. I I still don't think he's a late round flyer. No, I, mean, I don't he, either. He might be better. I think he's better off with Darnold. He probably hey, is better off with Darnold because, because they have they had the chemistry they, from they, the, the Jets. The Jets and, yeah. And consider considering Robbie Anderson's Instagram or yeah. Facebook response, whatever it was when rumors one. of Baker to Pan, to the Panthers was were swirling was no with lots yeah. of O's. Oh. Imagine Michael Scott the office. No, that's essentially how. Uh, he reacted to the rumors of Baker Mayfield being traded to the Carolinas. So I, I can't imagine that they're the best of friends. And then uh, just the one last competition I looked into, but uh, Seattle, you know, we've been talking about, you know, we're going to talked about them a lot. We'll probably be talking about their running backs. They have talented wide receivers. At this point, it's Geno Smith's job. He's taken yeah. every snap, but two with the first team offense. And he, like Russell Wilson before him has set up all the drills, so he only works with uh, Lockett and uh, DK. So, like, unless something massively changes there, they're not even giving Drew Lock a shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's honestly, I think it's like a battle of bad in that. No, I'm, situation, I, I agree. But... I just, I, I think Drew Lock is more willing to to air it out. Yeah, he's definitely more likely to air it out, which is. Which would have, if he was named the starter, Tyler Lockett would have broke my top fifty. Which, like, yeah, again, this is this. Is, do not draft Geno Smith or Drew Lock at all. Period. Even in a superflex, even if you play in a four quarterback league, consider it. But uh, this definitely, I feel like, has an effect on the other people in that offense more because there's talented people in Seattle. Yeah, there mm-hmm. is. I mean, DK Metcalf. What they pay him. 70 72 million something yeah, like that like they're they're gonna they're gonna try and feature him yeah and they're gonna force feed him that ball but not only just wide receivers they got those running backs uh anybody got some thoughts about the seattle running backs because you got rashad penny the the guy but i'm looking at walker he's impressing at camp and people are saying it impressing enough to be that one one a type thing that they're expecting yeah i mean uh, right now, if I'm drafting between the two, I don't know where they are in ADP. I think they're still close. They're somewhat close. I think they're like a round or two apart when I saw it last. I'm still drafting Penny at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I can totally see a scenario where, where Walker takes that job, especially maybe less through flat-out talent, but Penny is injury-prone. I do and, think, yeah, I do think Walker's very interesting in non-redraft. If you have keeper potential or dynasty, I I think Walker will get the job. Their plan is for him to have that job. I look at that situation, and you know, people people you know make note that Rashad Penny I think was one of the when I mean, he may have been the best running back in fantasy the last few weeks of the season. He he went on um, an insane run. Yeah, he won me yeah, a uh, so, I mean, he won me a championship. He, that that alone, I mean, gives him the nod. I think for the, for the team. 
But remember, that was with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Right. You know, so this this to He'll me He'll be facing some situation. loaded boxes this year. Well, this reeks to me of a situation where teams are not going to respect Geno Smith or I'll say it or Drew Locke, depending, you know, unless they beat them. <laughs> and and I don't And Geno Smith be ain't beating anybody. Right. I don't I don't want I don't want to be relying uh, as like an RB my RB2 slot on a team that I expect to be trailing games and to not have a, an actual viable, like threatening passing game, right? Because don't get me wrong, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, they're beasts, but they can't throw the ball to themselves. The only thing that's so, interesting to me is though that it, we had a similar situation last season out in Denver where Drew Locke was, where you had these two running backs that like one was the young guy, one was the established veteran, and they were both fantasy reliant. And this was an offense with Drew Locke and Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes it interesting to me. I feel like with the talent and receiver Seattle has, this could be a similar situation. It could. And it and if Drew Locke was the quarterback, I would be I would look at this this offense a little bit more favorable. But what I'm trying to get is like is Kemba Walker Javante Williams? I don't think so. Yeah, I I not I, this year. I don't agree. I, I agree. But I do think there's some potential there. There's definitely potential. They, that, they paid, that I could be wrong with. They they went out and got him. He was a high pick. Yeah. It was a second a second rounder. Second rounder. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, it's one of those situations that It's a risk know, though. What it is at the end you, of the day. You'll look like a hero right. if, if you if you take the if you take the chance and, and your and he pans out and you and you feel pretty dumb if you, you right. know, don't if you drafted him over somebody else yeah, and you say, Oh man. It's that mid round they're this year's mid or one of this year's mid round running back duos, similar to Fournette and Ronald Jones from last yep, year. I was, and, I was literally just about to you say know, that. Williams and Gordon, where you're like, if you bet on the right one, it's great. If you bet on the wrong one, kind of sucks. Yeah. If you drafted Trey Sermon, you look like a moron. That was a whole weird situation. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah, that a lot happened there. I think I think in most of them, I think in one of my leagues I drafted. I drafted uh, Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon back to back rounds. That and didn't work out. Mostert ran two plays, and then Sermon was gone. And then Sermon didn't, didn't even back dress. him up. Yeah, he didn't. Even, not only did he not back him up, he didn't even dress yeah. for the first game. Yep. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> misevaluated that, that one. And it, it wasn't even so, us. It was the it was the 49ers beat reporters. Oh no, it wasn't even the beat reporters per se. It was just. just Shanahan played it close to the vest. Well, he it's not even nothing. just that. I think what ended up happening was Sermon wasn't going to be a special teamer, so Mitchell made it by virtue of being used on special teams, and just everybody got hurt in week one, so all of a sudden Mitchell took the job. Uh, yeah, so that was Seattle. Uh, Atlanta has running backs, I think. Yeah, they had a they got a couple... There's a couple weird reports about Atlanta right now. Yeah. It, it almost... The way I'm describing what I was looking out of Atlanta, it's almost like I'm either drafting Cordero Patterson or I want nothing to do with anything over there in terms of running back. Because he's either going to work out or they're going to split between Damian Williams and the rookie, Tyler Al- Algier. Algier, I, I believe, is how we would pronounce they, that. They, I, the, the Athletic, uh, Josh Kendall from The Athletic reported the other day 
But there is a scenario where Algier becomes the Falcons starting running back this season. Yeah, I, I so not surprising because that's the only one I'm going to draft pick on. Well, because talking, I, I'll draft Patterson. I'm not ever going to be the highest on Patterson. That's fair, but it, there's a scenario where you would. I guess there's a yeah. if if there's nine other me's in in that draft, yeah. one of us will be taking. He's getting Patterson. drafted in a 16 round yeah. 10 team league. I mean, but the, 30 years idea, old and. Had, he's 31. He's 31. I'm sorry, 31 years old. And he used to be a receiver. It makes, a it makes a difference though for running for running backs. It does. It does. I think you just know, over 30, you've 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 gone over that hill for running backs and this was his 2021 was his first relevant fantasy season since 2014. Yeah, he's just always been a weird one though cuz he used to be the receiver. Uh the, you know, that are working. He is getting a, a light camp already. They've already said he's going to give light work in the preseason just cuz they want to because he's getting old man treatment. Well, they just wanted whatever he's got left. They wanted to help them during the season, yeah. not <laughs> during the preseason. I mean, I, for everything I'm seeing, they're, they're going to try to manage his workload this season yep. for Patterson. So, yeah. I mean, they want to get him through the season. I mean, they want him. I mean, I'm sure he wants to get through the season, too. I mean, we can't think of it. You know, he's also a human being. <laughs> the guy yeah. doesn't want to be leaned on excessively. He's 31 years old. Is how, how much he can't be, you know, carrying the ball 20 times and making making five catches a week, six catches a week. I mean, the guy's going to break down. But that's just, you know, that's a situation where I just, I'm not buying in on anybody other than him there. I know there's a little bit of hype about like the rookie and whatnot, but just this year specifically, I think it's Patterson or bust for me in that offense. That's fair. I mean, uh, hey, the, I would go ahead. All right. Uh, for the rookie, the downside for him is I don't think he, he's much of a pass catcher. I think he's he's more of a bruiser. I don't think he's that fast, and he doesn't really have that pass-catching ability. So he's going to be a first and second down guy. And how much of a first and second down guy do you really want with the Atlanta Falcons this year? If if you are a zero running back strategy player, he's a flyer at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely flyer. Yeah, I'll say that. I agree. And I think only in that, only in that scenario. Like I think he's a tough flyer if you're looking for bench depth because there's no guarantee that he's really going to even play that much. But if you've got nothing else, you know, and you're just saying, okay, maybe he'll be a starter by the time I need him. Like there's a very real chance he becomes Mike Davis. Yeah. The rookie. Could be. So like yeah. that, that's not appealing to me. No, uh, it's just, look, you're not draft. Even if you do draft him in that scenario, I mentioned like, you're not drafting and expecting 20-point weeks. You're drafting and expecting, okay, I'll get maybe 10 and call it a day. You know, If you're drafting him that late, you're hoping for 15 touches when he eventually gets that job. You got any other running back situations? Because if not, I was going to roll into some handcuff guys. I mean, we hit on Pollard a little bit, but just like in terms of what value there is to handcuffing some of these top backs. Cause I feel yeah, no, we can get into, we can get into potential handcuffs. Like we talked about Paul a little bit and I, I agree with, with the receivers all going down. He definitely has some standalone value, but I feel like him and like Alexander Madison are those. If you draft their number one, you need to draft their number, the handcuff because they're both plug and play like starters out. This guy's, getting his role and like and gonna produce in that same role yeah i mean not o- not only that not only do you have to draft them you need to draft them early yeah you they, need to you need to make you need to reach a little bit yes so like if they're if you draft you know if you end up drafting zeke and they say pollard's gonna i mean pollard's gonna go high yeah so like if they're saying you know eighth or ninth round i would be looking you know sixth or seventh round you know because you need to like 
Well, you don't want to be stuck without without Zeke, and then you know you don't you can't even grab his backup. Well, because there's always that guy in the league, you know, that guy who just yeah. steals all the backup running backs. Wonder who that guy know. would be in our league. I don't know. I don't know who. It's Dan. You're talking about. It's not me. It's, it's yeah. It's me. It's Dan. <laughs> Dan, there was one year where you took like. It was nine, one time, nine okay? through twelve. It was one time. You took everybody's backup running rounds one... nine through twelve. You're like, and you didn't even take yours. I believe. I think you no, took you didn't. everybody. You took else's. everybody else's. Hey, hey, I got one great week out of Alexander Madison that season. Okay, so and Giuseppe was pissed jokes at on you. Right? Joke jokes on all you. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If there's any more like real big big names as far as handcuffs. There's there's um, really not, but like. That's more to do with a lot. Like, I just, I, it's not so much big names. It's just, I don't, there's not many others that like step right into a role and produce at the level that their starter will. And like, like these two guys will. Yeah. I mean, like, they're I, both. I put a couple down. I mean, yeah, right. Go for it. Um, last year he was a rookie. He showed a lot. Khalil Herbert. Yeah. I, think, I agree. I think I, he goes he, in and, and fills that role well. It's I just, agree. Do you it, want to? It's not a super backs. desirable role. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if you're handcuffing him. But it's not a terrible idea because running back is sparse. Yeah. The other one I had, uh, Daryl Williams. Yeah, I I thought about that one, but I'm not. I mean, he'll he if Connor goes down, he has value. Yeah. I don't think he steps in and fills the role though. I don't think perfectly because we've thing. seen Daryl Williams. Yeah. In a good offense, and he's usable. But he's he, still Daryl Williams. He's usable even when Ceh was healthy. I felt like he was usable yeah. some weeks. So. He he definitely will be able to fill the role. I don't think it'll be with the same with the same effect that I don't that think Connor he's necessarily a must grab though for Connor owners. You probably should, but you, you could if if you're if he you're is definitely somebody who, you can handcuff. Who likes to handcuff yeah your guys and make sure that you don't guy. have to play waiver wire. Mm-hmm. He's one that you could pick. He up. is definitely one you can consider. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I mean, we kind of went over Walker Penny. I don't really know if you're handcuffing. That's not a handcuff. That's how you're picking yeah. one, and maybe both. You there's a, a a path where you can take both and hope one of them produces. But yeah, that's not a handcuff situation. That's a uh, those both have yeah. value standalone. I mean, I I would say too in that in that situation if if you get the chance, I this has worked for me before. I forget who was the other guy. I was Colt. It was Tevin Coleman years ago. I drafted. You know. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman when they're both yeah. Falcons, so back to back. I almost you know, brought so, that up when we were talking about yeah. Walker and uh, and well, the only. It, it's a situation where if you get the chance and it's late enough where you're not like relying on either one, you know it's it's I I typically like to say hey I've got that backfield no matter which way it goes. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to do it super early since there's no guarantee that either one is going to be really like yeah, yeah. a stud. But, you know, I, I like to say, hey, I'm not guessing. I have them both. Obviously, the obvious downside there is that's the thing. You take, you're taking an extra roster spot. You oh. know what I mean? From no, I something else. See, to me, the obvious downside is with the advent of the running back by committee, you're using two true. roster spots for not one starter because you get they split the time and you're like, OK, I can't really start either of them. Yeah, I mean, the other, the only thing, just the, the only count, like kind of counterpoint to that would be, you know, almost everything is a is a running back by committee now. I think there's obviously those guys who get sixty to seventy percent of the snaps and right. are getting touches when they're out there. It's really, I mean, no, there's, nobody knows. There's nobody knows usually right not so much everything's running back by. Everything has multiple running backs, 
But a running back by committee is even splits down. And not everybody. Usually most offenses have a standout guy. Now they might have, you might have a run offense where you're like, this is the receiving back and this is the early down back. And that might be more of a, you know, split evenly. But at least in terms of most fantasy relevant offenses are going to have a guy. Yeah. Does Mark Ingram move the needle for you at all? Not at all. He's like 47 uh-huh. years old. Nope. Even with Don't the, not only with the handcuff to, to Kamara, the potential suspension, potentially nah. looming. Uh, it's, he's like 47 years old, dude. We just talked about how old Cordero Patterson is, and like Mark Ingram was a running back his whole career. He didn't split time as a kick returner and a wide receiver. I, it doesn't interest me. I mean, he'll probably have fantasy value, but like, you do not need to handcuff Mark Ingram. Yeah, I have right here. Probably not for me, but I was yeah. just saying. No, I understandable. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. I guess we'll pivot into the last position we haven't talked about here. Uh, we talked about the Carolina wide receivers. You know, kind of DJ Moore good. Robbie Anderson probably not going to be fantasy relevant. Uh, we talked about Michael Thomas in terms of if he can get back to his form, you know. Yep. He's Michael Thomas. You know what yep. you're getting there. Could That offense could produce with Jameis as quarterback if Michael Thomas is back to form. Uh, somebody we were all high on, but like we kind of just said we were all high on and moved on in our lives, was Allen Robinson. But uh, I just think he it, it's a little risky with Robinson just because in terms of how much of last season was him just not wanting to be with the Bears? And I believe that a large portion of it was him just not wanting to be with the Bears. I do too. But he looked. But if he can work out in that offense, McVay offenses are always a little weird because you kind of have to play tight end at wide receiver because you're moving around and cracking on linebackers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But some reports I've seen from camp are that he's helped their red zone offense a ton. And I don't know if you yeah. remember, but they settled for a lot of field goals last year. Yeah, like as crazy as that offense was, they settled for a lot of field hey, goals. As a, as a Matt Gay owner last year, yeah, yeah, a lot of field goals. So I, if he, if they, they're looking at Allen Robinson in the red zone as an improvement, that definitely perks my ears up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he's going to be the number two, uh, the number two receiving option. Yeah, Van Jefferson's got some injury issues too. Yeah, he's he's getting surgery. He's not. Yeah, he's gonna so. be, he's he's very questionable for week one. Yeah, if if he's going to be the number two there, I am excited for, because I don't I don't think last year was going to be like yeah. So I I think last year is more of like an outlier than like an I abrupt agree. end to his like great talent. I I, I agree I agree. So I'm yeah, excited in a much better situation though. I'm excited, and I know Dan, you I think were super high on him as well, right? Yeah, I, I mean, people think about how high people were on Robert Woods, yeah. and Cooper Cup last year. Yep. I mean. That number two receiver role in that offense is going to be productive. And yeah, I think he's I mean, better than Robert Woods. And and, uh, and not only that, they're gonna like teams are. I, I watched some of the games last year, and whether it was scheming or whatever, Cooper Cup after he broke out and everybody like knew that like he was like a stud, he was wide open well, so often. It comes down to it's coming down to scheming because I remember reading a stat that like Cooper Cup. 20% of the time was a linebacker was the closest defender to him in terms of coverage because of how they're moving him. And right I mean, behind him crazy. was Robert Woods at like 18 or 19% in that offense. Yeah. 
So if they put Allen Robinson in that role, you've got Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. One of them's probably got a linebacker on them at any point. That guy's open. All day. Kellen Moore, take notes, please. Motions. That's what we need. With five foot nine Turpin. Just just motion him around. Tony Pollard. You better draft Turpin in our draft. I'm saying. <laughs> I've talked about the Seattle situation. I just wanted to preface, like, you know, Geno Smith leading that job definitely tempers our expectations a lot more for Metcalf and Lockett just because they're talented, but, like, if nobody's throwing them the ball. Like... Yeah, I mean, I, st- I think I still have Metcalf as a top 20 receiver just because of the talent, and I... I have him at 24, I think, now. I yeah, just, he's in my low 20s. I am worried about Lockett. Lockett is clinging on to a top 50 role, but barely. I, I'm worried. If Geno Smith is the guy that I'm... Could be wrong. Don't get me wrong. Could be wrong, but... And he's going to get drafted just based off of name value? Yeah. And I mean, honestly, he should. Just because there are there's certain points in the draft where, like... I'm not saying spend a relevant pick on him, but no, like yeah. I mean, there are certain points in the draft where you're drafting Cavante Turbin and like you pissed. probably should draft Tyler Lockett <laughs> over him. Who? What? I'm sorry to be. <laughs> um, so I also got a note here. Uh, I, I feel like because I legitimately don't think we mentioned them at all, but like the Giants have people who play the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. So coming out of camp, obviously Wondale. it's tough early. Just because it's a new offense, so they're very out of sync. So, like, defense has been dominating camp. They're they're very out of sync. But everybody knew that going in. So, you know, every, every it, it's a brand new offense. But Tony looks good from what I hear. Now, they are concerned already about injuries and giving him maintenance days already. But talent-wise, Tony seems to fit better in the offense. And he even said... He was quoted as describing the offense as more freeing, like in terms of routes he's running. Like it's not, everything's not specifically scribbled at exactly this. He's able to, you know, see the field a little bit and make moves, which to me sounds like a good offense. I don't know what Jason Garrett was doing over there, but. Being mediocre. I don't even think it was mediocre. Kadarius Tony, if he stays healthy, is going to prove my rankings wrong because he's going to be better than where I have him ranked if he can stay healthy. I don't even know where I have Kadarius Tony ranked. Um, 42. I have Kadarius Tony ranked 42. I agree. If he stays healthy, I think he will prove me wrong as well. Um, also, I have noted here, there have been rumors of Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Giants. Interesting. And if Garoppolo goes there, my, my outlook on basically that whole offense changes. You guys know, the, yeah, yeah. the two of you know how, the day Daniel how much Jones I was drafted by Daniel the Giants, Jones. he laughed. I laughed. I, I hysterically. Up, I we were in a car ride. I couldn't. I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, what was it? The six pick. Oh six my pick, god! Yes. I loved yeah. it. I loved every second of it. Rob well, said I was going to rue that day. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, if I left, it's somebody like you know the, the, the <laughs> Chiefs. If pick, you left, Patrick they, Mahomes. If I left, somebody the Chiefs pick, he turned Patrick Mahomes. Oh wait, I didn't laugh at Patrick Mahomes. I actually liked Patrick Mahomes. I wanted to draft him, but uh, the Browns didn't like him. Browns didn't like anybody talented for like a decade. Yeah. No, but if Garoppolo goes to the Giants, Garoppolo wins games. Like, that's what he does. And it may not be the most statistically fantastic, but like somebody's going to have to score points on that offense for them to win games. He's 
I, yeah, I think I mean, Daniel Jones has a higher ceiling, but like the floor for Jimmy Garoppolo is so much higher because he doesn't do did, dumb stuff. Did we did we bring up Wandale Robinson? We mentioned him briefly. I haven't seen enough about him to really they, like. They are raving about him in camp. They are. I'll, okay. I'll find. I'll find the report. No, on I him, believe you. I believe you. He's been. He's been all over the formation. Is what I've been seeing. Here, let me let me read you the, the latest report I saw. He, there, uh, NBC Sports. Peter King reported that he is the star of Giants off uh, the Giants camp offense so far. Uh, King observed that he plays a lot in different roles, uh, mostly in the, lining up a lot in the slot. And the reports have also been emerging of him playing with the first team offense and seeing snaps in the backfield. Yeah, that so that's something I was thinking they might do. But yeah, that makes sense if they are putting him in the backfield. So they they're all over this kid. So I think you know I, I, he's another one. If you see some some positive preseason work and some more reports like this, and th- this report was actually from two days from just you know two or three days ago, right? So you know if you see some more positive reports, he's going to jump up draft boards. So you know if you're drafting a little earlier, I mean I think he's definitely worth the flyer. I mean I think you need to see a lot more positives out of the guy Helm in the offense before you worry yourselves with the receivers. But I definitely would keep a pin on that name though as a flyer. Hey, because just t- just remember when Kadarius Tony was going bananas before all the injuries and craziness last year right i mean yeah it's the same guy it's so the same I, type I mean, of guy to me i i i don't understand that pick and i i know i i rag on the giants but like it looked like they didn't like tony so well, that they was drafted, the initial reports so they drafted another tony i i think tony yeah i think tony was giving them a hard time like not not with his play i think it was you know commitment and kind of like you know I just, I just don't see how... Yeah, you kind of had... Okay, well, first off, just off the cuff, Wondell Robinson is four inches shorter than Kadarius I would say he, he, he looks so, shorter and smaller. Yeah, I, he's he looks, much smaller. I I don't see... The way they, they want to use Tony is that now how I feel like they're going to want to use Wondell well, Robinson. I, I, think, I, I don't see how there's going to be room for both of them on that offense. I think what Dan's saying is true, though, that there were some... It was off the field, kind of, like, getting gauging interest and keeping him in on the team that was worrying them with Tony. And yeah, it's a whole so, new I mean, regime, un- so who knows? Right. Unless... His songs are the training camp music they're listening to. Yeah. Just saying. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't I, see I don't see a spot on that offense for both Tony and Robinson. There, there at is. the same time. There is. I, I just don't see it. I mean, if there's a spot for Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill in Miami, there's a spot for Wondell Robinson and Kadarius Tony. Both we'll of them have new offensive coaches that have are very good at what they do. I think both of those two players, and again, Jerry's still out on. Really, both of those Giants guys, but I think the talent on the two Miami guys you just said is—I agree—far higher than. But I also think Miami is like going to be a real football team winning games. I said what I said. <laughs> I don't think the Giants are. Well, if you—they're going to be down the, and just chucking the ball around. Daniel Jones ain't chucking the ball. I think he will. I mean, they they brought in Buffalo Buffalo's. Basically they brought in Brian Dable. I mean. He built yeah. the offense around the raw talent of just uh, uh, Josh Allen, not Justin Jefferson. He plays a completely different position. I don't know why my brain was going there. 
on a completely different team, but you're close. Yeah, no, it's very unrelated. I almost said Justin Herbert, which like at least you know, quarterback, tall quarterback, fair. But uh, and Dable was almost the LA coach, but yeah, I okay, I think the Giants. It's gonna come down to you got to see some more uh, as the camp goes on. Like Dan said, you gotta pay yeah. attention because right now, you know. These two receivers are definitely looking flashy, but like, are we confident that they can design the ball to them in a real game? I just got an off-screen, off-camera, or off-mic no from Raspoli. So, well, <laughs> I feel like my my giant take goes goes a little too far, and it does. Yeah, so so I didn't want to, I didn't want to jump in with that, but yeah, no, it does go a little too far. Yeah, that well, jury's still out on that one. We'll see. Uh, you guys got anybody that we didn't talk about potentially that you want to bring up? Yeah, I got one. How, Go how, how about uh, how about the Eagles? Miles Sanders, like last year, he was kind of you know didn't score any touchdowns, but you know had some injury issues. Was, yeah, was, I, I mean, mean he was he had a great yards per carry, but yeah, I said he, I was he didn't seem to want to use him. I said I was in a Miles Sanders that like I think he has some viable usage just because. The talent's there, and like him not getting in the end zone is just fluky. Like, yeah. I feel like I mean, that can't stand up. Touchdowns are are very inconsistent. Eventually, that's got to regress. So positively I just think the mean. I I think he's got enough talent. Like like he's just producing it such oh so efficiently that he's just gonna put up points. Now, obviously, I don't have him like that high in like the top twenty, but you know if. I have him at 24. If you're, you know, you missed the boat on quarterback early, I don't think if you pivot to Miles Sanders as, like, a two, you're in the worst scenario. You meant running back, right? When, when, you, pivot to, back. <laughs> when you missed the vote on running back, Whatever not quarterback. Whatever made sense is what I meant. <laughs> Whatever made sense is what I meant. Don't worry. I was like, uh... If you missed the boat on running back, uh, I don't think Miles Sanders is a terrible pivot. I do think he has – I believe in that talent there. And the offense is going to move the ball, I think. Whether it's yeah. going to be pretty to watch is you – know. A whole other story. Yeah, I mean, I have him at 22. I, would I be shocked if he was RB 16 because he fell into the end zone six times? No. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think so. I agree. And that'll do for today's episode of the PPR Plus podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to reach out or have any feedback, we can be found. Our socials, our Instagram is at PPR Plus pod. And Twitter is also at PPR Plus pod. The, pu- the plus is the word plus, not the plus sign. Uh, be sure to follow us on whatever podcasting app you use so that you don't miss any of our episodes. And uh, until next time, we'll be seeing you.